Hello and welcome to a special series of BAFTA podcasts. In the weeks leading up to the 2019 Virgin Media British Academy Television Awards and BAFTA Television Craft Awards, I sat down with some of the nominees to chat about their work, nominations and lives in TV. Today we're talking to four extraordinary women in television about the changing landscapes in which they work. I'll be talking with producer Sally Woodward-Gentle, who's nominated for her work on Killing Eve, multi-camera director nominees for The Royal Wedding, Prince Harry and Meghan, Helen Scott and Julia Knowles, and Mahalia Bello, who's nominated for director, fiction for The Long Song. Producer Sally Woodward-Gentle has quite an impressive hit rate with the shows she's brought to the screen, producing, amongst others, Tipping the Velvet, the BAFTA-winning Any Human Heart, Whitechapel and the Durrells. Sally already has a BAFTA on her shelf and in 2019 she's nominated again for Killing Eve in drama series. That nomination is one of the 14 nominations the series has received this year. Sally, I should probably start with congratulations. I mean, 14 nominations for Killing Eve. Thank I mean, you. how does that feel? Well, it's, it's surreal. I mean, I didn't really... I went out for a run in the morning when the nominations came out thinking, oh, I won't take my phone. If I get back, how will I feel if there's no nominations? Like, it's fine, absolutely fine. And they all came through. It's it is just amazing. Killing Eve has some incredible women involved in the project, both on screen yeah. and behind the camera. What's it like to work on a project like that? Well, you know, in front of the cameras, you've got Sandra Oh, you've got Jodie Comer, you've got Fiona Shaw, and you've got a bunch of other sort of extraordinary women there. And backstage, we've got female writers. We've got, you know, in season two, we've got um, Eleanor Day, who's producing it. You've got mm -hmm. fantastic HODs. And I wouldn't say that, that, that fundamentally it feels that different, but I just think generally a sense that women are there and it's complex, complicated, multi-layered, naughty, takes risks, um, is inappropriate. You know, I think that that feels um, really exciting, really fresh. And, you know, it's about, you know, when we embarked on the show, we kept saying, you know, okay, if you woke up every morning and you didn't have fear, what would you do? And I think if you hold that as a sort of mantra, that was, I hope you get a bit of a sense of that particularly from the women in the show. Let's talk all things um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. I mean, she is the queen at the moment, it would seem, of kind of writing and performing. What, what was it like working with her and, and having her on board? Yeah, I met her actually. I just read um, Fleabag the script and it was before Fleabag had been made into a telly thing or anything. So, and I just loved the fact that she loved television. She had the ambition for it. She was wild and funny and, you know, when she shines her beam on you you feel like you're a million dollars and she's you know she's extraordinary and um growing all the time and I do think she could turn her hand to almost anything um and what's so brilliant about her is that she you know can access you know dark things and a lot mm, of other people mm. don't even want to acknowledge that they're there and yet she also finds them quite funny I was going to say she sprinkles humor yeah, to pretty much yeah. everything she does she's quite unique like that, I think, who's so willing to sort of expose the truth about herself and about relationships and people in the human condition. Um, and yet she knows it's funny and that you can laugh and cry at the same time. And I think she really likes to shock. Um, and that's great fun. You know, 
I just think but that's quite refreshing to work with oh, somebody like that as well. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. So it's not all angsty. You know, it can be <laughs> angsty, but at the same time, it is hilarious. So she's just brilliant. What do you feel has changed um, in terms of women working in this industry? Did you see a lot of other women on, on your way up? Or Well, if you work in drama in the UK, I think there always has been quite a lot of women in that, and particularly on the sort of commissioning side. Less so on the floor. You know, I think the floor remains quite male. The difference is how, you know, how many good female writers should be coming through now and I think they are going to come through and we've got an all... Are you noticing that? Are you seeing <coughs> more female writers come through? Well, when we were looking for, for writers for season three, we, we met about 40 and wow. they were brilliant, really strong, great things to say and so it is there but I do think that is the... It's, it is... and female directors it's so hard. It's so really? hard. Yeah. I mean, there's some great female directors out there, but we, you know, we need more and we've got to support them as far as we can. But in we, a positive way, does it kind of catch your attention, though, if you were to meet a female director? Does it make you kind of listen to them and uh, notice them more? It, uh, yes, it does, because you're constantly looking to find them mm -hmm. because we have to support them. And, and but at the same time, you know, there's some great male directors out there. So mm. it's, you know, it's really but we've got to push them, and we've got to grow people from the ground up because it's also not fair to put a, a, you know, a really talented but quite green female director on a show that might completely brutalise them. Yeah, so you've got, you know, you have to put in some sort of support around it and you've got to be, you've got to, I think you've got to be quite sensible but proactive about it. Mm. I wonder what the industry, you think the industry um, can do to kind of foster that development of, of women kind of on and off screen. Yeah. Because you've spoken quite a lot in your past about balancing work and motherhood yeah. and that being obviously a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. I mean, how do you think, I think that can be helped? I, it's I do think it's really hard. I think it can, you can help by having vaguely civilised production hours. So five day weeks rather than 11 day fortnights. Is that um, something you actively try yeah, and do we when, try and when you're do working on five day, five day weeks. We've started experimenting with having sort of continuous days so that you don't break for lunch or you have a rolling lunch so that you can finish at six. Wow. And the other thing that we're doing, we've got a female, we've got a female writer at the moment who's got a young baby and we've actually um, rented another room next to the writer's room where the baby stays with her nanny. So we're, you know, we're trying to facilitate the ability so that you, you know, you just acknowledge that we're human beings, we have babies. I think that's amazing. Thank you. I think with Killing Eve, something that's amazing as well, you've, you've got these two incredible women um, kind of at the forefront of the storytelling. Mm. I think that's something as well that we're seeing more and more of within television. And maybe yeah. that's why, as a series, it has just flown and done absolutely phenomenally. I yeah. mean, do, do you agree with that? Do you think that's why it's gone so huge? Yeah, I do. And I think there is a degree of wish fulfillment in some of it. You know, mm -hmm. you've got these extraordinary sort of fearless women who are massively flawed, really complicated, have great fun, um, can display their um, foibles and their failures and their successes um, in a way that doesn't also doesn't feel like it is revering women just as these sort of icons mm -hmm. you know that they're just as clever intelligent and mucked up as everybody else I think that that is really important and it feels like there's a slight sort of war cry about it and 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 I love that energy and I think 
that that has captured something that is sort of of the moment. It's genuinely, it's inspiring yeah. television. I think that's why it's kind of resonated with, I was going to say everyone then, but yeah. it pretty much is yeah. everyone, Thank isn't you. it? Yeah. It's yeah, fantastic, so. yeah. Julia Knowles and Helen Scott have over 45 years of experience of multi-camera directing and are nominated as part of a team of multi-camera directors who brought the royal wedding, Prince Harry and Meghan, to over 1.9 billion people. And directing a programme seen by one of the biggest audiences ever is just one part of both Julia and Helen's careers. Julia is a previous BAFTA Television Craft Award winner for multi-camera directing and her work on World War I remembered Passchendaele. And Helen Scott won a British Academy Children's Television Award in 2018 for Get Well Soon Hospital. I'm interested to know what you, uh, as women, think are the benefits of having a female voice in the gallery and sitting in that director's chair, especially on an event like this. Do you, do you think there are benefits? First of all, I don't think we're not the only female voice in the gallery. There's a lot of other uh, talented men and women who are working mm -hmm. with us. I think that at the end of the day, it's all about whether you are good at what you do or you are not good at mm -hmm. what you do. And I think people who can communicate and can direct will always do well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the secret is in being able to communicate um, and to pull people with you and to take them with you. And that is the clue to how to be a good director. Mm. Um, I think that without a doubt there have been times, I mean, I've been working for a very long time and I've had the most incredible experiences and would never have thought, if, if, if you asked me sort of in the first 10 years of my career, I would have said there was never any discrimination. But I would say subsequently, looking back, I'll go, oh yeah, that's, there's interesting points in time where uh, nothing even very specific, but you can see that sometimes if you're not part of uh, the boys' club or whatever that is, but that can be the same for the male directors as well. Mm, you know, okay. if you aren't a, if you aren't part of the the Chelsea club or the uh, the pub club or whatever it is, the, the, things happen because you know people. Yeah, there's cliques everywhere. And so, so what I've learned right. is that you have to, that, that you have to get out there and you have to communicate and you have to put yourself front and centre with the people who are hiring because male or female, if you don't do that whether you're good or not good, you're not going to get anywhere. And so you have, as a woman, I think the thing we have to learn and have learned that you have to lead and you have to put yourself forward. And I think that is generally, whatever it is, it's not in the nature. It's not, you know, it's not what I would normally think of doing. Well, it is now, but, but I I, I've, I've had to learn. Yeah. I don't know about, about you, Helen, but I've had to learn to be out there and to ask for a job that you want you know not there's that shame in yeah. tv of of asking and putting yeah. yourself forward because yeah. unlike a sports team there is no kind of i'm the best player yeah. you have to almost tell people yes. that you are and actually believe there's, that you are in order to get the, the role i think it's the same male or female but i think yeah. that generally i think women tend not to put themselves forward we tend to think we're probably oh, maybe i can't i'm not quite good enough actually you are i would say there's one job a year on average I would say that pops up where I'm sharing a job with a male director or I'm taking over from a male director and I will get offered less money than the male director. And, they, and how do you know that? Because the directors talk to each other. They say, 
I'm taking over from you. What were you paid? Just a check. And then you will get offered less money. And so I do just as standard now when I'm talking about rates in that situation, I say, can I just confirm, you know, that you're paying me the same as the male director? Right. And usually that's enough to, <gasps> yes, we are. But I would say once at one job a year, I'll get offered £50 a day less uh, than I know the male director's on. And I point it out and they go, oh, yeah, sorry, yes. And it gets parity. You know, we shouldn't have to do that. But... I think as well that, we, we, you know, you're learning to not be frightened of talking about money. Yeah. Don't be frightened about talking about money. And then there might be times when you have to decide, and this is the hard one, decide do the job or don't do the job. If it's a job and you think there's not enough money for the effort and for the work, stand your ground. And, but it's not always easy to do that. But, you know, it's, it's Especially important. when a dream job comes up as well. Well, a dream job is a different thing entirely. A dream job is about the job, you know. So the Royal Wedding, it's what, you know, th that is... Un unbelievable you know that's a thing to do it's that's nothing about money mm. you know that's about being part of history and having a little insight into something um, getting into the queen's back garden it's <laughs> very very cool um i wonder if you had advice for your for yourselves when you started out in the industry even if it was when you were kind of you know watching floor managers and thinking that's what i want to do or meeting other um directors w what advice would you go back and give yourself? If I think back, I can't believe how brazen I was. I'm so much less brazen now, you know. I really went for it big time and annoyed, uh, when I was working in the children's department, I used to say to the, the executive producer, can I direct, can I direct, can I direct? And he would go, oh, fuck off, excuse me. <laughs> oh, go away and do Blue Peter, actually, was what he said, because I was doing Going Live. I was like, no, I want to stay on Go. You know, so it was, you have to, you have to tough it out. I, my advice to myself would be to not take it so seriously, to not take everything personally, to right. learn to be a little bit more thick-skinned. And um, a very lovely male colleague who's a great friend of mine said to me once, you know, you take everything so personally. And I still do, but I try not to. And I think that's a, if we can mm -hmm. thicken the skin, because rejection is not always about who you are no. or what you do. It's about what's working for the, the whole team at that time. But obviously, I would take it all completely personally and think I'm just really rubbish. Mm. So we have to learn to be to not to know it's not really, really not personal. Mm. Generally, I think at the moment as well, there's um, a spotlight on women's representation mm -hmm. within directing and telly and media. Have you seen a change as you've kind of worked in TV as a director for? Uh, for the, a while? the change I've seen is that people are talking about it. So there have always been brilliant. Yeah. women directing um, so I mentioned Angela Sharp who was in who was in in the children's department who was instrumental in my career um, there's Janet Fraser Crook who's been directing for years and years doing later with Jules uh, there's Nikki there's all the other nominees there are there are many women but I think I'm what I hope is that because there is publicity and because we are seen to be doing these jobs Liz doing the voice Nikki doing strictly I've done X Factor, The Greatest Dancer, We've Done the Royal Wedding, or, you know, that I think hopefully people might look and go, oh, I can do that. I was going to say, you can't be what you can't see. And actually you can't to be kind of can't go, see. there's all these female directors out there yeah. doing huge so, shows. It's the same with presenting, yeah. it's the same with actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if we're seeing female-led stories and female-led programming, yes. you are more likely to, I, I suppose, mean, I want think, to get into yeah, it. Yeah, and I think more diversity is fantastic. But I think mm -hmm. whilst it, the gender thing is a great thing, there's racial diversity, there's all sorts of diversity, which exactly as you're saying it needs you know better representation across the board 
and you know those directors are out there and uh, you know they will come up but without the training then it's really hard mm. so we started directing at a very fortunate time compared to maybe now because there was training structure there and there was mm. career mm -hmm. progression within companies and i do think it must be a lot tougher now for somebody starting out to want to be a director i mean i learned most of my craft so to speak on blue peter so when it was back in the day down tally center and within 30 minutes you had to learn how to you know direct a cookery item direct coverage of an orchestra, direct technique sports coverage mm -hmm. of a badminton match, and that would just be with one programme, and you've learnt three genre of directing. And I think without some kind of structure, and, you know, I, I don't direct that many badminton matches, but it's useful to know that if I had to, then you you've could got pull some out idea. The yeah, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been an, an honour. I could talk to you for <laughs> a, a lot longer about all of this, but thank you so much. Thank Lovely you. to meet you. Thank Lovely you. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. Former BAFTA TV Craft Award for Breakthrough Brit Talent in 2017 and BAFTA Breakthrough Brit Mahalia Bello is nominated again this year for Director Fiction for the powerfully moving The Long Song. Exploring the final years of slavery in Jamaica, The Long Song features strong women protagonists and manages to break your heart and make you laugh. First thing first is congratulations Thank on you. your BAFTA nomination. How does that feel? Because you've got quite an amazing relationship with BAFTA, really, haven't you? Yeah, um, I do. I wasn't expecting it for me at all in terms of the long song. I, I, yeah, I was a bit shocked. Why weren't you expecting it? I think, I don't know, because it just feels like it's a piece. I don't know, I don't know why. You never really expect to get nominated for a BAFTA. I think it would be weird if you did expect sure, it, you yeah. know, so, you know, I think that's why. <laughs> Another nom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you know, no, it's, it was elated. It's wonderful. You're known for directing stories led by strong women, female mm -hmm. protagonists. Um, is that a coincidence? Is that something? I don't think I, I mean, I haven't really been offered anything with strong male characters. So, <laughs> so it's not that you're going for stories particularly that have these I don't women, think necessarily. So. It's I don't just that's what's so. kind of coming to you. And, yeah, and I think it probably it's probably. I mean, I, I I have been interested in projects with strong women, and if I'm developing something from scratch, often it will have a, 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 an interesting woman at its centre. Whether strong or not, it's an interesting woman at its centre. But I, I think there is also people. People are more interested in giving me as a female director work with a female character. I mm. suppose. And what's that like to work on a series with, you know, a really strong female influence on and off screen? I suppose I can relate to a, a lot of things easily. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, when we have a, often when you're directing an actor, it's quite personal. You know, be, you know, you kind of go back to your own history and, you know, we'll both open up about ourselves. And I suppose it's much easier if, if we've had those experiences and, what, and, and even if they're really different in the mm. same way. But it's just about empathy and that could apply to a male character as well. Um, but Would you we, be interested to do some directing of stories with strong male leads? Is that something that yeah, you, you'd, you'd yeah. kind of be, it's not like you're not open to that? No, it's not that I'm not open to it. I, I am interested in the fact that there are more stories with, with women at the centre and that's really exciting, you know, but... but Is that a change that you've really noticed then more Yeah, I think, I think they've realised, okay, well, you know, 50% of your audience are female and, you know, they don't mind watching women at the centre and also guys don't mind watching women at the centre, so that's good. But, yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't mind directing um, a male character as long as there's something interesting, 
you know, in that story or, you know, in that mm -hmm. character, for sure, for sure. It sounds like for you, it is, it's all about the script and that story and, and telling an honest story of those characters more than Yeah, if, if I can anything. sort of tap into the imaginary world of, of, of that character, even if that never goes onto the screen, even if I can think, okay, what do they daydream about? <laughs> you know, then I feel like I get a sense of what's underneath that, pers that person mm -hmm. and that kind of gives me a sense of what I should do with how to make it. Yeah. You know? There's been a lot of talk, um, a lot of conversations recently about diversity within mm -hmm. the directing field. I mean, what's your perspective on this? I feel like there was a massive catch-22 when I first started. They wouldn't let me direct telly, really, because I hadn't directed before. And I think, I think that wasn't necessarily true of my male peers. You know, there was a difference. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, but I feel like that time might have passed now. I hope it has. I feel like that was a few years ago. And I think uh, people like me and other directors I've seen who've done, female directors who've done brilliant work have just gone, oh yeah, it was bullshit. So, mm. but I feel like also it is a privilege to do what we do, but it doesn't need to come from privilege, you know. And I think that... I've said, I, I've talked about this a little bit before, but I was just thinking about it the other day and I feel like, you know, making, you know, in the creative world, and especially making film or television, you know, it feels like it's kind of amazing party. You have to work really, really hard to get into. You have mm. to wear loads of costumes. You have to, you know, you have to be, you know, gracious and charming to as many people as possible. Mm. But this party is behind this door. And some people know that that party's there mm. and like can't get through that door. And some people, there is no door. You just walk straight in. You know, and some people have to that you know didn't even know that the party existed. So I feel like I feel like if I think that's the case now, I feel like if you know that there's a party behind that door and you don't have a key, someone needs to open it up and let you through. And I think that um, I, I feel like that's my role a bit now. I was going to say, do you feel kind of a pressure to do that with? Young director, or not, not even a pressure, but maybe just a responsibility. I'm feeling to do that more and to help young directors now. Right, maybe even like right now. I feel like I've been like climbing my way in my own way anyway, you mm -hmm. know, for a while. So it's been hard to sort of look at, you know, take the ele elevator back down again because I feel like I've just been trying to, you know, go up in it a little yeah, bit, you know. Um, but I feel like now, yeah, I feel like. There are really strong directors and I, you know, especially I, when you're making shorts and I, I went to film school as well and you see so much talent mm. and, and you know that it isn't gender specific or about class or about colour. It's like, you know, it, it's a, there's a lot of talent out there and it's just whether you get the opportunity to, to mm -hmm. show people. And also not be put in a box about what story you need to tell. You right, know, that's I think that's that's the next thing because I think that you know, you know, a lot of people have different stories to tell that might not be immediately from their own world. Although it should be, those should be represented as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. How do you think the industry can kind of nurture and, and continue to, you know, that development of, of women behind the scenes? Get rid of the catch-22. If, if, if a director has proved themselves by making, you know, shorts, I know it is that shorts that are good. You know, there are so they can actually direct. It's as television. simple as give them a chance. Give them a chance and let yeah. them bring their. You know, actually, when you're hungry, when you're hungry to prove yourself, you make the best work. You know, because you just want to. You know, you want to. You want to make the best work. You know, mm. and, 
And um, and that, I mean, that's like, you get given like 100% more kind of bang for your buck with someone who actually is desperate to prove themselves. Yeah. So hire, 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 hire people who've been desperate to make film and television their whole lives, you know, and haven't been given the opportunity because you're going to get something better out of those people than if you, you know, the same old, same old. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really great to meet you. It's thank a real you. joy chatting to you as well. So, <laughs> thank, so you. thank you so much and congrats. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and many thanks to my guests, Sally Woodward Gentle, Helen Scott, Julia Knowles and Mahalia Bello. For more like this, go to guru.bafta.org or search for BAFTA on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts.